Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Ryan Gorman here with Dana McKay and Jason Berenger in for James Berlander this morning. Today's a big day on Capitol Hill. Hunter Biden is going to appear for a closed-door congressional deposition. And for more on what to expect, let's bring in Fox News radio reporter Ryan Schmelz. So, Ryan, this deposition, it was negotiated between Hunter Biden and his team and House Republicans. How is this going to work later today? Right. So it'll be a lot similar to what uh, James Biden's deposition was last week, if you remember uh, that, which is essentially he comes in and he takes questions behind closed doors. And you have uh, a number of hours that he's probably going to be there. So James Biden, I believe, came in at 11 o'clock ish. Uh, and he wasn't out until about 8 o'clock. I would expect that to be the same with this one, if not longer, based off some of the sources I've talked to. Uh, but I think one thing that will be different about this one that might be a little disappointing to those who are curious to know how it goes is that since this is a deposition and not a voluntary interview, therefore getting information about this one is going to be a little more difficult because the lawmakers who are participating in this interview are not allowed to talk about it when they come out. So uh, unless there's a substantial amount of leaks, it's going to be hard to know what Hunter Biden truly said uh, early on. Now, I had read that the deposition is not going to be videotaped, but there was a deal that was made to release the transcript, the full transcript of what takes place uh, within 24 hours or so. That's as quickly as it could potentially be released. Is that true? Well, if they say within 24 hours, uh, it, it certainly is possible, but I think it's going to be hard for them to pull this off depending mm-hmm. on how late it happens. So, um, you know, I, I think there could be a possibility we see maybe some text tomorrow night or maybe uh, Friday. But, you know, I, I'm not quite sure that the Oversight Committee wants to be releasing this deposition or the transcript of it in the heart of a government shutdown. They may wait a little bit for a, a little less uh, quieter news cycle. Now, in terms of what they're going to be questioning Hunter Biden about, is there one area they're going to be most focused on? Or this could range from a number of different issues we've heard tied to Hunter Biden. So from the people I've talked to, I think a a big focus will be on the brand. You know, we heard a lot about the brand and how uh, Hunter Biden allegedly sold the Biden family brand to benefit his business deals. I think the structure of his businesses, if you uh, watch our interview with Russell Fry, I believe I posted it on Twitter, uh, that's one of the things that he talks about. And he's talked about this with some of our other uh, shows on our network, too. He wants to know about the structure of the business, who was involved with the businesses that Hunter was dealing with, uh, how did they work, what went into the process of, of how they did business. So I expect a lot of questions on that. But I would expect Democrats to try to poke holes and a lot of what the Republicans have been accusing and really just try to make the case and get Hunter Biden to make the case that President Biden uh, uh, had never had any involvement in his son's business deals or never benefited from them. That's the argument Democrats are going to try to make. We're joined by Fox News radio reporter Ryan Schmelz with a preview of Hunter Biden's closed door congressional deposition happening later today. So 
more of a focus on Hunter Biden's business dealings, not as much of a focus on some of the other stuff like the drugs or, uh, you know, the charges that he's been hit with um, by uh, prosecutors. Uh, that stuff, not as much um, in the line of sight of House Republicans for this particular hearing. Yeah, maybe not as much, but I wouldn't rule it out completely. And the reason I say that is because I believe there is this thought amongst Republican circles, especially on the Oversight and Judiciary Committees, that Hunter Biden has received special treatment from mm. the Department of Justice. So if Hunter Biden's able to prove that to uh, House Republicans through this deposition, I wouldn't be shocked if they use it down the road. So I do think there will be at least a little bit of an emphasis on that. And final question for you. So this is a closed-door congressional deposition. We may get uh, the full transcript at some point uh, over the course of the next couple of days. Will there be an open public hearing involving Hunter Biden at some point in the future? That is the plan, I believe. You know, you have Hunter Biden, who uh, whose legal team said that that's actually how they wanted to do things. They would have rather sat for a public hearing. They didn't want to sit for a closed-door deposition. But Republicans were pretty firm on, especially James Comer, the Oversight Committee chairman, who said, hey, look, you do not get to have special treatment here. Everybody who we brought in for this investigation sat for a closed-door deposition first and then testified publicly at a hearing at a later date. So we're not going to make any special treatment or any special uh, privileges for Hunter Biden. So I do believe that there is a very strong possibility we see Hunter Biden testify publicly in the future. All right, Fox News Radio reporter Ryan Schmelz with us this morning. Ryan, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you, my friend. Have a good one. For the latest on the situation in Israel and Gaza, including a potential ceasefire for hostages deal, let's go back to the hotline and bring in ABC News correspondent Jordana Miller, who's coming to us live from Israel. Jordana, thanks so much for joining us this morning. President Biden said the other night that a ceasefire could be in place by Monday, but that seemed to come as news to Israeli officials, right? It seemed to come, it was news really for all parties. I mean, those comments were not coordinated with officials here in Jerusalem and Israeli leaders were caught by surprise. Uh, and on the Hamas side, uh, one official called them, quote, premature. Um, you know, that deadline of, you know, now five days just seems unrealistic and a bit out of sync with where the negotiations are. There has been some progress and some narrowing of the gap. Uh, and we've seen now on the in the in the Arab media, Hamas appears to have leaked uh, the details of this uh, these these broad contours that were agreed to in Paris, uh, led by uh, U.S. Uh, officials by CIA chief Bill Burns. It's what we've been talking about, a six-week ceasefire in exchange for 40 Israelis that would come out of captivity, all the women, including Israeli soldiers this time, and Israel in exchange willing to release hundreds of Palestinian uh, Palestinians that are jailed here, even some convicted of murder. Um, but there are still some outstanding issues where the Israeli army would deploy to and pull out of the Gaza Strip, all of the Gaza Strip, or go to a security buffer. And, of course, Hamas does not want any deal to include the possibility of more fighting. They want an end to all the fighting, and Israel's unwilling to agree to that. So there's still some issues, um, but clearly the president is 
pushing and hoping that the sides can come to a deal before Ramadan, and that's in about 10 days on March 10th. Um, even that seems uh, like a high bar, uh, and we're going to have to wait and see, you know, what what comes up in the next few days. Israel says they are waiting for an official response still from Hamas. And while these negotiations are taking place, what is Israel doing in Gaza? Do operations continue there? The war is continuing in the Gaza Strip. There are intense uh, Israeli uh, combat. Uh, they're fighting Hamas militants in southern Gaza around Khan Yunis. They're still finding tunnels and destroying weapons. Uh, they're also uh, operating in central Gaza. Uh, and even in some uh, southern parts of Gaza City, that's in northern Gaza, the fighting is continuing. There's still some bombing uh, bombings in Rafah, though, of course, we have not seen a major military operation there yet. Uh, the Israeli prime minister says he has presented both the military and the evacuation plans for over a million Gazans. We don't know the details yet, and they have not been approved. Uh, but that operation, you know, the, the prime, minister, prime Minister is still saying that Israel will reach Rafa. Um, but the question is when. You know, it won't happen if there's a, if there's a ceasefire deal yeah. or a hostage release deal, right? Only later. It's then. ABC News correspondent Jordana Miller coming to us live from Israel with the latest. Jordana, appreciate the update. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Now for an update on all things tech. Let's bring in ABC News technology reporter Mike Dubosky with the latest. Mike, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to come on the show. And I want to start with the Apple Vision Pro. You got to try it out, this headset that we've been hearing so much about. What did you think? Uh, yeah, so this is something that anyone can sign up and do. Apple is hosting a bunch of different demonstrations at, at Apple stores that carry the Vision Pro. Um, so I signed up for one, and uh, it's a 30-minute demonstration. The first 10 minutes of this demonstration are dedicated to sizing the Vision Pro to your head. Let's remember, this is a piece of wearable technology, and everybody's body is different. So there's a lot of you know effort that goes into making sure that the straps fit your head. And, you know, I wear reading glasses, so they wanted to make sure that the lenses worked with my eyes. But once they sort all that out, you have about 20 minutes in the Vision Pro, and you start in the sort of augmented reality setting. And what that means is it uses the exterior-facing cameras to show you the world around you. It's like wearing a piece of pair of ski goggles in many ways. So I could see the person who was giving the demonstration. I could see my coworker who came along with me. Um, and yeah, I could see the Apple Store, um, but the uh, sort of thing that they added on top of it was a number of menus and programs that you could launch. And these menus and programs, if you've ever used an Apple product before, will look very familiar. I was scrolling through Apple Photos. I was scrolling through the ABC News website on Safari. And that was kind of how it worked. The difference being, of course, is that you can place these windows in physical space around you. I put one on the bench beside me. I put one in front of the person giving the demonstration. So it, it requires a little bit of rethinking how you interact with a computer. That, of course, shows up in the inputs that you give this device as well. Tapping your index finger with your thumb, that's a click. 
holding those two fingers together. That's how you hold and scroll and move things around in physical space. So it, it does require some learning here. And if you take a step back and think about virtual reality, there's an incentive for Apple to get people in the store trying this thing out, seeing what it can do, because VR is very hard to share. It's even kind of hard to describe to people who haven't experienced it. Apple thinks that if they get more people in the store trying this thing on, more people will become interested in VR, and maybe down the line, they'll unveil something that's a little bit more reasonably priced, a little bit more aimed at a general market. I think that's why you're seeing these demonstrations, or Apple go pretty hard into these demonstrations. We're joined by ABC News technology reporter Mike Dubusky. So the question is, do you see this as a pretty cool $3,500 toy, or is this something that legitimately could revolutionize how we operate down the road? Does it have that kind of potential? So I'm going to give you a diplomatic answer there. Um, I think there's a real desire for this to be seen as either a revolution in computing, like you said, or a total failure from Apple. And I don't really think it's either of those things. I think it's a very impressive piece of hardware. A lot of the entertainment stuff in particular worked really well. Like I watched a little bit of Avatar 2 in full VR. I couldn't see the store around me. I just heard the noise and saw this 3D movie on a giant screen in front of me. I instinctively leaned back in that moment like I was in a movie theater. And that was involuntary. It just happened that way. So there's some really there are moments of revelation uh, that happen in this piece of technology. But at the same time, it's very heavy. It's very expensive. And outside of being a pretty immersive uh, entertainment device, the use case is still questionable. Um, the, the entertainment stuff has fundamental issues. You can't share a movie with someone. You can't sit on a couch and watch you know, a TV show or a movie with your friends. It's kind of a solitary thing. That's a problem that the Vision Pro is going to have to get over. Um, but we have to remember, this is a first attempt. This isn't going to be a massive seller at $3,500. I don't think Apple is expecting it to be. This is really going to come back to the app developers and what people do with the Vision Pro, and we're going to see how Apple, you know, it tackles that later on, you know, in terms of a Vision Pro 2 or a lower-priced Vision Pro. The other thing I want to ask you about in this tech update, the Galaxy Ring, Samsung's new health device. I have an Aura Ring. That's what I was wondering. Is it just like yours, only it's the Galaxy? I think so. Tell us uh, how the Galaxy Ring works. You're right. It's very similar to an Aura Ring, if you're familiar with that device. This is uh, the Galaxy Ring. It's something that Samsung first gave us a sneak peek of at Galaxy Unpacked last month. That was their own standalone event. Now they're revealing a little bit more information about it. Um, It looks just like a ring. It's got a whole bunch of sensors in it. Uh, There's no screen or anything, but the idea is those sensors will send health information back to your phone. Very similar to an Aura Ring. Um, It does sleep tracking. For for women, it does period and fertility tracking. And Samsung says it will also compile all of that information into what it's calling a vitality score. So you can kind of keep track of your health more generally going forward. Uh, They say this is kind of a solution for people who want to track their sleep or want to track their activity, but maybe aren't totally comfortable with uh, a watch, a smartwatch, or wearing that to bed. A ring is kind of a different form factor there. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to have to wait and see, you know, whether this is a success for them. It is a couple hundred dollars, um, and they do have the Aura Ring out there, so they are a little bit late to the party. 
But, you know, Samsung seeing this as sort of one of the potential futures of wearable technology. Is it available now or are these things coming soon? Because my Fitbit is dying. I can't. The screen is <laughs> not running. working. It's all scratched up and I'm I'm ready to buy a new one. But if this Galaxy Ring looks good, maybe I'll get one of those. Right. So they say that this is going to be on sale before the end of the year. This is not, a, you know, a concept device by any stretch of the imagination. I don't believe you can go and buy one right at this present moment. But, you know, within the next uh, couple weeks or months, this will go on sale. Uh, again, it is a couple hundred dollars. I believe it is a little bit more expensive than the Aura Ring. Um, but, you know, you have sort of the backing of a more established tech firm here. Yeah. Right? Samsung does promise updates. They've been around for a while and they kind of know what they're doing when it comes to this sort of thing. But uh, on the other hand, it is a new product category for them. So there's probably going to be some kinks to work out as well. I like the Aura Ring. I, I just never found uh, wearing a Fitbit or a watch to bed to be all that comfortable. I love the Ring. I don't even notice that it's on. The problem is uh, the feedback I'm getting from the Ring on my health is just not great. <laughs> it's uh, not good. Yeah, the sleep and I all love, that. I and love my brutal. Fitbit. I, I, like, I never take it off. I can't get enough of it. The problem is I wear it so much that now it's all scratched up and the light is now dim. So when I turn try to turn it on, I can't see the time or see anything on it. Yeah, so it's time for a new one. I think the rings—they're—they're uh, they're becoming a hot item in health, and uh, I'm sure the Samsung rings can do pretty good. This Galaxy Ring. All right, Mike Dubusky, ABC News technology reporter, with us this morning. Mike, really appreciate the update. Thanks so much. Of course, guys. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.